Well, uh, hello, uh, Gospel Chapel, and those who may be connected with Gospel Chapel, either through our podcast or on our YouTube channel. Uh, today, we're going to start something a little different, and that's we're going to call it Gospel Conversations. From time to time, we get a missionary or uh, a ministry worker uh, come through town uh, with various ministries, and uh, it'd be nice to sit down and talk with them for an extended time about what God's doing in their life, how God's using their ministry, the challenges they're facing, and how we can pray for them. And this past week, we had uh, Kenji Kondo from Operation Mobilization in town. He was uh, visiting uh, my parents, and uh, they he. Uh, came to the 55 plus Bible study on Wednesday morning and shared with them. He uh, spent some time asking questions about our food recovery program with Tammy Battersby, our community care coordinator. Uh, he was very interested in that and uh, has some people back in Japan that he would like to take this kind of idea back to and see what they can do with it in their community uh, to serve their community there. So. Um, it was a great visit, and I had a chance to sit down with him and, and ask him, you know, what is the state of the church in Japan? Uh, how is God moving? What are the challenges? And it was very informative, uh, surprising in many ways, and, uh, and so that's, that's the conversation we're going to start with. Now, over the course of time, uh, with modern technology now, especially over this last two years, uh, we've been able to connect with our missionaries uh, with uh, them sending us videos, uh, but we also have the technology to do that in a more live setting. And so uh, we could set up a Zoom call with some of our missionaries, record that, post those things uh, to both our, our YouTube and our, our, uh, our podcast page. And so there's lots of opportunities here to hear how, uh, how our missionaries are doing and what they're facing and how we can pray for them. So uh, this is just a, kind of a, a start uh, kind of to an idea. And uh, we, we may include other pastors, uh, uh, some of our ministry leaders here at Gospel Chapel, and just kind of see where this goes as, as a way of sharing uh, what God is doing uh, in people's lives around the world in our community, and uh, and we'll just see where it goes. So this is uh, episode one of the Gospel Chapel Gospel Conversations. Well, good afternoon, uh, Gospel Chapel. This is Pastor Doug here, and I am here with uh, Kenji Kondo, who is a missionary with Operation Mobilization in Japan. He is from Japan. And uh, he's formerly uh, worked with Wycliffe Bible Translators for, what was it, 15, 16 years? 16 years. 16 years, okay. And uh, he knows Laird and Val Salkald fairly well. They yes, are... Laird was my supervisor for over maybe four years or so. Yeah. Okay, four mm -hmm. years. Awesome. So that's a connection for us because... Uh, uh, many of you won't know uh, won't know him. Uh, obviously, uh, my mom and dad have known you for a long time now. I think um, that's what they said. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they used to be uh, associate pastor of the church that we attended in Calgary for a few years. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, great. So there's there's some of our connections. Um, Kenji has a wife and three kids back in Japan. Tell yes. What's yeah, so uh, we're blessed to have uh, three children, uh, ranging the oldest is 15 years old, Shinji, and the second is Satoshi, 10 year old, and Mizuki, uh, 4 years old. And uh, my wife, 
actually grew up in the missions field in Canada among the uh, First Nations people in BC and Saskatchewan. Oh, actually, that is another connection with uh, uh, Doug, your parents, uh, Dan and Doris Dunbar. Right. Uh, they used to be work for Interactive Ministries, which is the uh, same mission organization where my wife Sandy's parents uh, work. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It all comes around. <laughs> the world is small. That's great. Uh, so you are serving the church in Japan, um, and the region that you're in is called Reho? Yes. Okay. Um, before we get into that and and, uh, and the, the work that uh, Kenji and his family uh, do in Japan, we just want to get to know Kenji a little bit. So he's going to share with us a little bit of his story, uh, his faith journey, and then we're going to ask him uh, to just kind of give us an overview of What's the state of the evangelical church in Japan right now? What are the challenges? What are the victories? And how can we pray uh, for the country of Japan uh, so that we can see God's gospel work move forward? So, um, Kenji, just yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe okay. where you grew up and how you came to know the Lord. Okay. Well, um, we work in an area called Reho, and that is actually my hometown where I was born and raised. Um, Reho is the population of about 12,000 people and have never had a church in the history of Reho until now. For over 2,000 years, people have inhabited that land. Um, so I grew up, obviously, uh, Buddhist, Shintoist. Uh, there's no Christians in my family. Nobody in the extended family or anybody married to them has any Christians, trace or uh, anybody in history. Um, so I was born and raised in Reho, not knowing anything about or have an opportunity to go to church or hear anything about mm. the Bible. Um, that has all changed when I came to Canada. And there were uh, many people that has uh, tried to minister to me. I was actually quite adamant against <laughs> uh, Christianity. <clears throat> right. I went to church first time in uh-huh. Canada trying to prove that my host family, who are Christian at that time, mm. um, and that my Christian host family, what they're believing is wrong. Okay. Yeah, I went there just for that purpose of proving them wrong. <laughs> Go to church to prove it wrong. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> well, the next four years, I went to, uh, there was a period of time uh, I went to church, and I didn't go to church. Actually, uh, in fact, I went back and forth between two countries, uh, Canada and Japan, and Canada back. Um, during that four-year period, many people uh, tried to reach out to me. Um, I was pretty harsh on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, all came to, um, in, in, uh, I was in the year 1999. I was 24 years old. I was attending a, a Japanese-speaking church in Calgary okay. when there was an evangelist came from Japan. Hmm. He was a Japanese Yakuza Mafia for 17 years okay. before he came to know the Lord through the prayer of his Korean wife who worked at a nightclub hostess hmm. in Japan. Okay. When I heard his testimony of uh, how he came to know the Lord and after he got off from the uh, mafia business, his head was worth $200,000. Wow. <laughs> and how God <laughs> has protected his life from uh-huh. different hitmen. Right. And uh, I couldn't deny the power of God. Mm. 
And for four years of resisting towards the gospel, you know, the parts of the Bible that I mm -hmm. thought it was a fairy tale. Right. But I could not deny the power of God. And mm. the moment I believed in God, it was so real to me. Mm. And then all the things that happened in my life that I questioned why this happened. Right. And the parts of the Bible that I couldn't believe. And what the people has been telling me, um, my Bible college uh, student friends and then hmm. pastors, everything came to make sense to me <laughs> when I believed in God. <laughs> right. And from that day on, the Bible meant different. Right. It was not just a printed text anymore, but it started becoming, uh, it, it all of a sudden became the text, that words that spoke to me right. personally. Okay. Kind of like in the, was it first or second Corinthians, Paul says, it doesn't make sense unless the Spirit's active. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, it's an offense. And um, who can understand the mind of the Lord unless God mm -hmm. does a work yeah. in your life, right? And then uh, I forgot to mention this. When I was a teenager, I made a mistake in my life hmm. that I felt so dirty inside mm. that I was disgusted at myself. And I went to the kitchen to spit into kitchen sink many times mm. to get rid of this filth, but I couldn't get rid of it. Right. I jumped into the bathroom and I started scrubbing my body and I tried to get rid of it, but I couldn't do it. Mm. And you know, Pastor Doug, what I thought? Mm. I thought, well, if I can't get rid of it, I have to live with it. Right. And from that time on, I started making a wrong choice in my life. Hmm. And you know, after my baptism hmm. in Calgary, I realized that for the first time in my life, the dirtiness that I was feeling, hmm. it was finally gone. Amen. So I thought, this is what Jesus meant <laughs> when he said, we have to be born again. Mm -hmm. And this is the second life that the evangelist was talking about. And if this is the second life that is given to me, hmm. my first life is as good as nothing. Right. Because if I kept making the wrong choices, it's just a going downhill. Right. I decided to live my second life for the Lord, for His service. So from early on of my Christian walk, I decided to uh, go on a Christian, uh, to become a Christian missionary. Excellent. So what led you into, so um, your first experience uh, was with Wycliffe. Mm -hmm. Was that the first kind of missionary endeavor or was there something that led up to that? No, it was really uh, with Wycliffe. <coughs> okay. Uh, you know, as uh, Wycliffe as, uh, is an organization that mm -hmm. translates the Bible into many different languages. Yes. Uh, well, I'm not a Bible translator. Mm -hmm. I am one of those. I, I'm, I'm same old there. <laughs> I, I work in media and I do design work. And uh, okay. so that's how I first got involved with uh, Wycliffe. And uh, yeah, the rest is a history. All right. And, mm -hmm. and now you're with Operation Mobilization, mm -hmm. uh, working in Japan amongst a variety of uh, Japanese churches. Mm -hmm. um, so what is... Uh, maybe we can jump to this. What's the present state of the church in Japan? Mm. And then what are what are the realities, the challenges, what's God doing, and how can we pray? So that's, I think, going to be the, the heart of our conversation here is what's going on in Japan, 
uh, with the church and how can we how can we pray for you and the church in Japan in general? Yeah. So to bridge that into the topic that the Pastor Doug uh, asked me about, I wanted to give a little uh, transition here. Uh, so after I became uh, a missionary with Wycliffe, I served in Canadian head office of Wycliffe for uh, over 10 years. And then together with my wife and our oldest son, we moved to the country of Philippines okay. for two years. We lived in the Philippines, that was our base, and we traveled to many different Asian countries uh, to help out the smaller Wycliffe organizations hmm. as, as a media person. Mm -hmm. But you know what I saw? Every country that I've been to and then the countries that I hear a report about, the state of the, the churches were growing in Asia except Japan. Hmm. And every time I meet a missionary from Japan or the Christians from Japan, right. we lament about how the church in Japan is small and all that. And for all this time, because I never had any history of attending a church in Japan, right. I thought, well, Japan should be looked after well. <laughs> but I came to understand that was not true. In fact, uh, you know, I shared about the Reho, my hometown. Right. Yeah. I got to work for a decades with missionaries, Christian missionaries and Bible translators. Mm -hmm. At the same time, was nobody reaching out to my family and right. their friends. Uh -huh. So in 2011, when Japan had a massive tsunami right. and a Fukushima nuclear meltdown, mm. I went there for three weeks helping on that tsunami relief work. Okay. And that's how God spoke to both me and my wife mm. about uh, our calling right. to Japan. Okay. Mm. So uh, our work in mm. Japan uh, with uh, Operation Mobilization. Mm -hmm. uh, OM in Japan working uh, throughout the country, uh, working five different um, places in the world, uh, places in Japan. And we work in uh, one of them in a prefecture called Mie. Mie is a, a prefecture, it's like a small province okay. uh, that are stretched north and south long. Okay. And it's about 1.8 million people in Mie Prefecture, okay. 1.8 million people. And uh, our OM Mie team, mm -hmm. me, my wife, another Canadian missionary, and another lady from Singapore, four of us, mm. are the only interdenominational missionaries working in uh, Mie. And there's a lot of work to be done, believe it or not. So 1.8 million people, mm -hmm. four missionaries. Right. So no other missions organizations are in there at all? Right. There were, wow. uh, there were many, <laughs> yeah, they, yes. there used to be many, uh, there used to be many uh, missionaries there. Okay. Uh, but uh, one by one, uh, with uh, just somewhere with uh, just the denominations and mission organization, they couldn't get along, they couldn't agree. Mm. It's just a one by one. Uh, Lutherans and the Baptists, they all sent out the missionaries Okay. Uh, out from the uh, prefecture, and uh, we're the only one. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's shocking. <laughs> it is shocking, actually. Very sobering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so our work in Mie Prefecture, 
mm-hmm. with our team. Uh, we don't own the building on purpose. And uh, instead, uh, instead of owning a building, and then we try to fill it with a program to bring people in, right. which in Japan leads to no result. It's history <laughs> has proven. So okay. we decided not to go uh, on to do the same thing that other people did. Right. So we, it, uh, not having a building, mm-hmm. it forces all four of us to go out to share the gospel right. uh, with other people. Excellent. And uh, so it's uh, a lot based on a friendship evangelism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and then that's on one hand. Well, uh, that's one ministry that we have a hand on. Okay. The other ministry is there are many churches in Japan that uh, could use our help or mm. a lot of pastors and Christian leaders mm-hmm. that needs uh, encouragement. Mm-hmm. So we try to help Christian leaders as much as we can within our capacity. Right. So we work with uh, a lot of surrounding church and their leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm part of a, a, a pastoral group in okay. the northern half of our prefecture, right. and as well as uh, some other national movement of pastors and what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. How many churches roughly would be in that area in your prefecture that you're working in? Any about uh, about little over 90. A little that over inclu- 90. Yeah, that includes uh, mainland, mm-hmm. uh, mainline churches, okay. Catholic churches, and all the evangelical churches. Right. However, uh, many of these churches uh, do not have pastors anymore. Mm-hmm. And the congregations, uh, even with a pastor, they're below 10, one-digit one uh, digit. meetings. So almost like a home group. That is right. <laughs> it, it, shocks the, it shocks the people who visit Japan how small the uh, churches are. So like 90 home groups out of, again, 1.8 million people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So there are some uh, large church. Right. Uh, well, large. In Japan, the 30 people in the church is the threshold between the well-off church and the small church. Wow. But within the, the area that I work, mm-hmm. uh, I know offhand quite a few uh, churches there are less than 10 people. Okay. Some are seven to five people. Mm-hmm. There's three people and there's two people. Mm. Mm. And they're paying the rent, upkeeping of the building. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> they're in financial <laughs> crisis. Big yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I, and, and it would be interesting to look at the history of those churches and mm-hmm. where did they start? How did they grow? Mm-hmm. And how did that? How does that lead to where they are now? Yeah, growth decline and that's right. So let me summarize on that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, Pastor Doug, I would like to share um, as uh, people hearing about, or I'm telling you right. about why <laughs> Japan is so hard to reach. Right. Why Japan it's got to where it is, and I just uh, uh, there's uh, just uh, three points that I want to make. Okay. And uh, so the first thing that I want to uh, tell you about is mm-hmm. the state of the uh, Japanese church. Okay. So it goes back to the history. Uh, end of the World War II, mm-hmm. 1945, the General MacArthur has called many American missionaries to come. And they, he uh, divided the Japanese map into different segments and told, okay, you denomination, you go there, you denomination, you go there. Okay. And they were kind of regionally uh, located. Hmm. Now, 
from from the 1945 to 1995. So okay. the, within the duration of 50 years, mm-hmm. Japanese church has multiplied by 10 times. Okay. But however, the number of Christian people only multiplied two times. <laughs> so if you do the math, actually five times less people attending per church. Right. So actually the church has actually lost the power and the momentum. They just became uh, more helpless. Okay. And also uh, with suddenly the big boom of church building build up, mm-hmm. of course, with the power of American dollars. Right. Is that it create a denominational rivalry. Mm. The people are not free to talk to other Christian people. Right. These are the Christian people that who went through the perseverance and persecution time under the World War II. Right. Where following uh, Western religions such as Christianity, they were, you know, allies with enemies. Okay. But, um, mm. but however, all of a sudden, they're not allowed to talk to other Christians mm. because there are just all these denominational rivalry about, and people don't across the door okay. from one church to another. Oh. So obviously that led uh, many of the young people to be turned off. They never followed God. Right. So, if you have a if you have a situation where the churches can't talk to one another, mm. and Jesus stated that by this will all men know you're my disciples if you love one another, mm-hmm. and yet the churches aren't loving one another. That's right. What's going to happen? Well, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that exactly led to the people uh, or the churches in Japan to lose the next generation of people to take over. So okay. what's happening now is. As Japan as a society, this Mm -hmm. this is the whole society of Japan, 120 million people. Mm -hmm. By year 2030, one-third of Japanese people, which is 40 million people, Mm -hmm. become senior citizens. Wow. Japan is known as a long age. Right. Well, it came with a cost. Yeah. So um, there's not enough taxpayers to sustain a society. Mm. Now, that impact is hit the Japanese church uh, harder. Hmm. Well, here's, I have the uh, Japan's aging pastor statistics here. So the Japanese pastors from 80 years onward, so people in their 80s and 90s pastors, they make up nearly 20% of the Japanese church pastors as a whole. Wow. Mm-hmm. How about 70s? People in their 70s, they make up nearly uh, 30% of the Japanese church pastors. So we're up to 50% already. Exactly. (laughs) So people in their 60s, consider early retirement, okay? (laughs) The pastors in their 60s make Uh up nearly 25% of the pastors in Japan. So 75% of your pastors for your churches across the country... Are, are 70 and up. Yeah. Or so we haven't even, uh, 60 and up, and you yeah. haven't even hit my age group yet. Right. So <laughs> pe- so the pastors in their 50s, uh-huh. there are near, nearly, uh, nearing uh, 20%. 20%, okay. Yeah. And uh, between uh, people, uh, pastors in 30s and 40s, right. when you combine the 30s and 40s, they make up about 10% of the whole. And that has a major impact, maybe not right now, but in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And 
especially 20 years from mm-hmm. now, yeah. as all as the majority of your pastors from age 50 and up mm-hmm. are either retiring or dying. Right. And then the, and what's coming up? That's right. Not much. Many Bible camp, many mm-hmm. Bible camps and many Bible colleges in Japan started out by denominations during the heydays of Japan's church time. Right. Most of them shut down now. Right. So there is a very handful of few Bible colleges still surviving. Right. So they have to stay interdenominational to accept people from all uh, course of church background. Okay. And then the Bible camps are very few. For example, torchbearers okay. in Japan, they have already shut down a few years ago hmm. because they could not upkeep. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so one of the things that I want to point out about the end of this state of the church issue is that I don't want to say anything that will bash and condemn the local churches in Japan. Mm -hmm. So please hear me out very carefully. If you are to go to Japan as a missionary, please do not surprise Mm -hmm. that one of the biggest obstacles or the people that will hinder your work Mm -hmm. will be Christian churches in Japan. Hmm. Hmm. I just want to just leave it there. Okay. Perhaps some are testing you. Mm-hmm. Perhaps some are waiting for you to be fluent in Japanese language right. and learn more about Japan instead mm-hmm. of just start preaching fresh off the boat. Right. But there are a lot of mentalities that mm-hmm. needs to be changed in right. Japan. And I just leave that as a okay. fact, uh-huh. not as a condemnation. So new missionaries have a tough go of it. That's right. Not because of the general culture necessarily, but because of the church culture is resistant to them coming in. That is right. I see, because I'm bilingual, mm-hmm. and because I've gone through all the steps of how to become a missionary for, uh, being sent out from Canada, North America, is that uh, uh, I can understand both Japanese church side right. and the missionary side. Mm-hmm. And as a bicultural person, I see many missionaries, their talents and their years of service in Japan is being going wasted. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it hurts me to mm-hmm. know that those candidates that sent out from Canadian churches right. are not being used well. Right. And I want to be the kind of like a, a bridge person right. where they can serve Japan, serve mm-hmm. God well. Right. And using their skills mm-hmm. and make the churches more understandable and how the churches can see the possibility and right. potential on what the missionary is trying to do. Mm. And I can be a go-between person. That's, mm-hmm. what I, that's what I want to do. Excellent. Yeah. So that's the okay. first of the three. First of the three. <laughs> Second. Are you okay with this? Man, sorry. I, yep. You're, you're going to no. be five minutes late for your bathroom break. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So the second thing is the issue with the rural uh, Japan. Mm. Um, in contrast to the rural Canada, where majority of the Bible Belt and the faithful Christians are, right. um, the in Japan... The rural area is where the gospel has never penetrated. Right. It is, uh, in, in fact, among the missionaries who served there for a long time mm-hmm. and the Japanese denominational leaders, mm-hmm. rural area is where they don't go. There's mm. no point of investing because they have history has proven that there is no harvest 
from mm. rural, uh, rural Japan. Okay. Um, but here is the uh, statistics here. I have made a, right. a, a pie chart, okay. which I will show you that in a graphic uh, in a minute. The, this is a pie chart that I created mm -hmm. to show the difference between rural area and mega cities. Right. Um, sorry, I'm kind of going ahead with that. But anyway, uh, great imbalance that is happening about uh, number of churches uh, between rural and the mega cities mm -hmm. with the number of icons okay. and the Christian percentage in difference right. and the number of missionaries invested in these area. It's mm. quite significantly right. uh, different. Hundreds of missionaries in the cities, next mm -hmm. to none. That's right. Mostly none. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and only 0.1% of the population Christian in the rural area. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we come to the question, why not rural area? Right. Reho, my hometown is a rural area, but mm -hmm. it's proven to be there's no church. Right. So uh, why is it so hard? Mm. And I wanted to communicate this with a Canadian or any English-speaking audience mm. because I don't want people to go to Japan and naively thinking that they can reach out to the rural community. Right. Uh, I, I want to be mentally prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the things is religion of Japanese people is considered it is a family religious practice. Right. Not as an individual decision. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's what the missionaries communicate. Right. It is your individual decision, uh -huh. your choice to believe and accept Jesus into you as your personal Savior in the Lord. Right. However, that is not how it's practiced in Japan. The people in the cities are more adopt to uh, accept that. Right. But in the rural area, they can't. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Mm. Because the people who has been living in the, who, who live in rural area, they live in a land that has been passed down by the ancestors. Right. So although the legal name of the land is them, they don't consider that's their own land. Hmm. They consider they are only the steward to pass right. down this land to the next generation. Right. So what comes with the land is important. Mm -hmm. the, you don't get the uh, free land uh, for nothing. Right. You are to be a caretaker of the local Buddhist membership registry, hmm. and then also uh, Shinto Shrine upkeep, all the religious festivals that goes on in the village, mm -hmm. and also the graveyard of ancestor that leads to ancestral worship. Right. All of that comes with that free land, right. which is not free. <laughs> free. <laughs> That's right. So uh, this, this yeah. is the, uh, I can go uh, into it more, but uh, um, one of the biggest obstacles is the Danka system. Mm. Uh, Danka uh, is a name for Buddhist membership. Okay. Unlike church membership, mm -hmm. that when you die, mm -hmm. the Danka ship membership does not disappear. Mm. It goes to your son and okay. it goes to your grandchildren. Wow. It never disappeared. Mm. When did it start? It started in early 1600 during Edo period, Tokugawa shogunate, Christian persecution time. Mm. That every person in Japan is to register with a local Buddhist temple. They have to identify where okay. they belong, uh -huh. and they have to set themselves to to be in a group of five families. Hmm. Group of five family. They keep an eye on each other. Do they pay tax? Right? Did they cheat? Are there any Christians? If they are Christian people, they have to report. If there are Christian people found, but not report, 
all five families being executed. Oh. So this well, is... Well, that's a little bit of pressure. That is right. <laughs> so this is what comes with the Danka. Yeah. Okay. And even though the Danka is no longer compulsory or uh, uh, legal mandatory, people's mentality it's, in the rural area has never left with it. It's culturally embedded. Mm -hmm. Right. That's You grew up in this. Your father grew up with this. Your grandfather, great-grandfather. It goes back to, you said, 1600s? Yeah, early 1600s. Early so 1600s. it's coming 400 so years. Coming up to 400 years of this is just a cultural thing we do. Mm -hmm. And you don't even think about it then. That's right. Right. It's just... So, yeah. So if you ever thinking about going to Japan uh, as a missionary to rural area or wanted to reach out to the Japanese people in Canada, you might right. know some neighbors, but they're right. resistant to gospel. That family practice and obligation to the ancestor and the land, it is a huge part why they have not left Buddhism. Right. And I suppose even if people were interested in Christianity, they might come across a passage, say, in Luke, where Jesus says, unless you hate your father, mother, brother, sister, you can't follow me. Mm. I mean, how much of a barrier does that create? You know, mm -hmm. does even Jesus own words? Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly, Pastor Doug. It is a sensitive question. Yes. Because uh, what we want to see is the people who makes a step to believe in Jesus, even if that uh, is other people might blame you for that. But we don't want them to be perceived by the community and family that they divorce from their own culture. Right. We want to be perceived as a loving Christian, mm -hmm. that we honor their culture, we love their family, mm -hmm. and because that creates a witness right. to save other people as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so uh, can I go to the yep. last one? Third. Okay, so the third one is the great imbalance between rural and the mega cities. As, uh, as I showed in the earlier part in the pie chart, which mm -hmm. you will see that in the uh, graph that I created. Uh, this, why there are so many missionaries in mega cities? It is because of the uh, language barrier. Okay. I had a missionary long time, a mission organization in Japan. Their uh, head, top of the head of the mission, mm -hmm. told me that Kenji-san, the missionary working in rural Japan is not survivable. Mm. They have to, they almost have no choice but to live in the mega cities where there is uh, education to their Christian children, right. unless the missionary married to a local people. Mm. So things like that, there is, there, there is a necessary reason that it led okay. to this. Yep. But also there is the uh, fact that Japanese language is so difficult Right. Pastor Doug, if you put the world map here <laughs> and then put the Jerusalem right. or the uh, uh, Israel in the mm -hmm. middle, mm -hmm. furthest you can go west is Canada. Right. Furthest you can go east is Japan. Hmm. So in the language and culture, it's North America and Canada. And North America and Japan is it's the polar opposite. Polar, yeah. So it makes it very difficult. It leads them to no choice but the uh, only reaching out to the people of the upper class and educated uh, English speaking, the university graduate. Hmm. By comparison to the country such as China, 
which is boasting 100 million Christians mm -hmm. right now. And then Korea, the right. entire country just bloom with Christianity. <laughs> Huge churches everywhere. Well, they're the biggest missionary sending force in the world right now, I believe. Uh, next to next US. to the U.S., yes. Right. So why is this so drastically different? Japan versus China, Korea? China and Korea, both countries, missionary went to the first to the rural area right. and to the peasant and the poor people. They responded to the uh, physical need of the society, right. and they also worked among the peasants right. and uneducated people. Uh. In Japan, the I'm not making the criticism again, but it's just a fact, is that in Japan, the missionary only worked with the upper class and the university uh, graduate. Hmm. And the, when, when the gospel goes only to the upper class, the gospel does not come down. Right. Where the uh, China and Korea, the gospel first went to the lower class of the society. Hmm. And then with the uh, education and employment, led them to the urban area, and it penetrated the whole society. The gospel went upward. Wow. But never from top down. Never top down. So <laughs> there's a... Good there's a lot to unpack just with that, I think, yes. but we'll, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. so, that'll take us a whole other hour right, or two. Right. So let me just summarize on this. Mm -hmm. I do believe that reaching rural Japan or working in rural Japan is doable now with 21st century. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, we have Amazon. Amazon delivery is far greater than your Amazon experience in Canada. <laughs> they will just have next day arrival, no problem. Anywhere in Japan? Almost anywhere, unless you live <laughs> in a far offshore island. Okay. And also, Japan is great with the fiber optics everywhere in the rural area. So, if you are in Japan, whether you are rural or Tokyo, you can get the same delivery stuff, same stuff that the people in Tokyo is getting. So, there is no difference. You can avoid COVID-19 by living in rural <laughs> Japan. Yep. So, um, uh. that's, a, that's a great benefit there. Also, this fiber optics and internet infrastructure helps missionaries to go into home schools in Japan okay. with the help of uh, online informations okay. and YouTube teacher. Right. Right? Yep. So, uh, these things, these infrastructures in Japan and the network is going to help that young missionary family to come to work in Japan. And also, there are more and more Costco's, uh, <laughs> only in the mega cities, but uh, uh, there, there are more Costco's becoming available. Okay. So, uh, you know, for North American to uh, live in Japan, uh, Costco does bring some comfort from home. So, rural ministry in Japan now, uh, or, or missionaries going there, mm -hmm. you have access to Amazon, so you can pretty much get anything delivered mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. You have high-speed internet, fiber, fiber op optics, 300 fiber megabits optic. per second. So you can you can do online schooling mm -hmm. almost anywhere mm -hmm. in the country. So if you've got a missionary family that uh, their kids need to do online schooling, maybe mm -hmm. in English rather than Japanese, yeah. it's, it's available. Yeah. And, uh, and you've got Costco's popping up all over the place. So really, you've got no excuse. Uh, not not to, to say, well, I can't go to a rural area. It's too isolated. I mean, look at where That's we right. live. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you got to go to you, you already got to travel two hours to get to a Costco. Amazon's not too bad, and the internet can be sketchy around here unless you're right in the city. So they've got better internet too. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three things that you covered off here for us yeah. were uh, the state of the church in That's Japan. Right. The prefecture that you are working in, 1.8 million people, four missionaries, Mm -hmm. 90 churches, roughly. Yeah. And of those, most of them are 10 or less people. Let me add to that. 11 post-secondary school. There was no campus ministry what's happening uh, happening whatsoever. 11 college and university, medical universities. Right. And there's no Christian... Uh, missionary working, no churches doing campus outreach. No campus crusade, nothing like that. Nope. None nope. of those organizations are nope. active in Japan. Navigators, campus crusade, they do they do have them in okay. the mega cities, right. but not in the unpopular province where we work. <laughs> okay. Um, so, again, if I think 90 churches with about, let's say on the high end, it's 10 people. Mm-hmm. 900 out of... Or like I say 30 even. 30. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's 20. Out of 1.8 million people, the percentage is really small. Mm -hmm. Now, if we were to, you know, think of that just in our Grand Forks context, Grand Forks is a town of about 5,000 surrounding area, maybe about Mm -hmm. 10,000. And our church alone Mm -hmm. has roughly 250 to 300 adherents and attenders. Mm Mm-hmm. So right there, we have a much higher Christian population density than where you're working. And you have children in a church? Yeah. Well, you're a great start. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, don't have any children. Most of the churches are, are they're, they're older. That's right. So most churches people. in Japan, most churches in Japan, uh, if there were uh, less than 30 people, most likely they don't have any Sunday children, uh, right. Sunday school or any children attending. Right. If there is a Sunday school, they might have one children, and they do Sunday school just for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, yeah. So the situation's very, very different, a, a situation we, we can barely imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, uh, I mean, if you would add up just the people from the, the 10 or so churches that are in Grand Forks, the population mm-hmm. population to Christian ratio would be quite quite different. Quite high. Yeah. Comparatively. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the church in and and, and again, seventy five percent of your pastors are sixty and over. Mm-hmm. So so you've got an aging pastoral population. That's right. And not a lot of young pastors up and coming. That's right. From from within. Yes. Okay. Even in the Bible colleges that I know, pastor, right. I said uh, ones in a big city with an interdenominational Bible college. Mm-hmm. The in terms of full time students. Who are in the purpose of becoming pastors and missionaries? Some schools, zero. Some are maybe three, five. So very few. Very, very few going into ministry. So the state Mm -hmm. of the church, like especially, you know, going ahead, you know, God needs to really intervene. In fact, (laughs) I I, I forgot to mention this. Hmm. Uh, So for the number of pastors or a number of people who are graduating Bible college to mm-hmm. become a pastor, it's far less than the past, current pastors right now right. are either retiring or dying. Right. There's just so much gap right. that they cannot fill, they cannot possibly fill all the needs. 
So right. uh, Japan has invested on a survey, a lot of survey done. Hmm. So by year 2030, they, all of Japan, currently they have 8,000 churches. Okay. And they are going to be about half of what it is. Half of the church is just diminished. In nine years. In nine years. And then one of the biggest denomination in Japan, hmm. which has uh, uh, 20, so it's uh, one quarter, so it's 25% of all churches because mm-hmm. they have about 2,000 churches okay. within their denomination. By 2030, their membership is going to be one-third of what it is. Two-thirds of the people pass the life, average life expectancy right. of Japanese people. Wow. So, uh, so it's an aging church. It is. It is an aging church. Right, and, and an aging church is a dying church. It is a dying church. That's, so yeah. it's 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 no longer reversible. Right. This number. Right. Yeah. So that's the state of the church. Rural ministry is very difficult mm-hmm. uh, because of Danka culture, system. Danka yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, culturally, very difficult to get into. Mm-hmm. Very hard to bring the gospel in because. Uh, especially from a Western perspective, we come at it with a very individualistic approach, but it's a very family, community culture, and there's a culture clash there. That's right. With how we present the gospel and how they need to hear the gospel. That's right. And so there's some tensions there that will that make it very, very difficult. Um, third one is the great imbalance. Third one, the great imbalance, right. Rural, not being sustainable, but these things are... Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of walls are maybe coming down a bit as far as people going in to minister into those situations. Mm. Um, but still the imbalance between the mega cities, the Tokyos uh, versus rural Japan. Um, and what's, maybe this takes us too far afield, but I, I think what's the population uh, like rural Japan versus mega cities? Mm. So, just, just in a general sense. Right. So in the general population of Japan, it's about 120 million people, or a little above that. Right. Uh, rural population makes up 34 million people. Okay. And the mega cities, which is a million people and above, those there are 12 cities in Japan. All total only makes up 27 million. Wow. Hmm. I'm just curious as to what the population of Canada is right now. 38 million. Mm. In Canada mm. right now. So they're about the same as the Japan's rural population. That's the rural population of Japan, and mm. they're on this island. Mm-hmm. We're like the second largest landmass in the world. <laughs> that's right. 38 million people just in rural, uh-huh. and that's not including the cities. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's. How do you stack them? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, that's why my wife and I, uh-huh. uh, my wife uh, uh, really loves living in rural Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grow gardens all year round. Right. Uh, you can grow leafy vegetables in the winter so that there's no bugs will eat uh-huh. the cabbage or, okay. or lettuce leaves. So uh, I, I encourage you, if you're coming to Japan as a missionary, please come to rural Japan and you right. can talk to me about it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, how can we pray for you and your family specifically? Hmm. Um, just just with whatever you're facing right now and, and the things that are on your heart. And then how, how do we how do we pray for Japan and the furtherance of the gospel there? Hmm. Well, 
So all start with uh, my own uh, family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live with my mom. Okay. She's 74 years old. Uh, she had a, a brain hemorrhage mm. two years ago. Um, a year ago, she spent a w- whole winter in the hospital with a okay. crushed vertebrae. And we live with my mom. Mm. Um, so uh, please pray mm-hmm. for my mom. Okay. Uh, she became a Christian 10 years ago. Mm. She was baptized, mm-hmm. uh, but with a, a very lessening decrease of her mobility and yeah. her not being able to do things. Mm-hmm. But it is very uh, easy for her to get into depression. Right. So please pray for my mom. Yep. Um, for us as a, a family mm-hmm. and also for our uh, ministry team, we're doing very well. Uh, pray for more missionary to come to Japan. Mm. Because of COVID-19, mm. Japan has closed the border to any religious, new religious workers coming in mm. and also for any tourists coming into Japan. Mm. Uh, we do use tourist visa for letting the short-termers come in. Okay. So both long-termers and short-termers, right. uh, all the missionaries are held up not being able to come. Okay. We have many missionary candidates in the pipeline to arrive in Japan, and they have not been able to. Okay. And so uh, please pray for the border to open up. Right. And in the meantime, when they were uh, waiting, that they will uh, spend their time studying Japanese language <laughs> in their country. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Great thing okay. is our organization, OM, found many Christian volunteers in Japan hmm. to uh, to teach the missionaries who are held up right. online, teach okay. them online for free, yep. and so that they are not wasting their waiting time nice. but preparing themselves Excellent. to come to Japan. Good. The fourth one, uh, the, the, the third one, would be uh, pray for the Japanese church. Mm-hmm. Japanese church, uh, there is a great division um, between evangelical churches in Japan and charismatic churches. Mm. Uh, charismatic churches and evangelical churches, um, they didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is a history and this is a fact. <laughs> However, the people, the the pastoral leaders in their 30s and 40s, they don't want anything to do with this. Right. But you know, Japan is a pecking order. Mm-hmm. They respect older. Yep. And when the older guys, as far as 19, 80, and 70-year-old, still up there being active, mm-hmm. their voices are not being heard. Right. We don't. We want to get along. We don't. Yep. We don't want to just hold on to the mm-hmm. uh, past history. Mm-hmm. So, pray that you know these young. Uh, Christian workers mm-hmm. can actually flourish. They can just uh, soar on their wing right. to actually do what they need to do mm-hmm. instead of the older people holding on to the past and controlling the okay. uh, denominations. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's pray. Mm. Okay. Um, Lord, thank you so much for Kenji. Thank you so much for his uh, family and the work that you have called them to in Japan. Lord, we pray for Kenji's mother, that you would just undertake for her, be with her. Um, Lord, you are the great physician, the great healer. Would you uh, just be near to her, uh, touching her um, body, her mind. Uh, Lord, help her as as she has to deal with mobility issues. Um, uh, Lord, just give her a great uh, purpose in the midst of that, um, to be be a person of prayer and a warrior in that for you and your kingdom in Japan. 
uh, Lord, for uh, for Kenji's family. Thank you for them. Thank you for uh, the the passion that they have to reach uh, people in the Rejo region uh, with the gospel and to support the churches there. Lord, would you just give them uh, energy and uh, and Lord, uh, the passion is obvious, and so. Um, keep keep their spirits up in, in the midst of a of a very uh, difficult uh, work um, to to reach people with the gospel. Lord, we pray for the church in Japan as they are facing some some very um, harsh realities of the declining church, the aging church, of the potential of so many churches just closing and disappearing over the next nine years of. Uh, the fact that there aren't a lot of young pastors uh, up and coming. And Lord, and those that are, are feeling somewhat bound, uh, honor bound to uh, to simply respect and not challenge maybe an older way of doing ministry that, that might just not be working anymore or that continues to breed division uh, in your body. Lord, we pray for great unity uh, among the churches, uh, that they would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness that they would love one another with an undying love um, so that people would be able to see that you are uh, the way, the truth, and the life and that uh, the message of Jesus Christ, um, while it is a stumbling block, is also the way to life. And so, Lord, we pray um, as as Kenji continues to minister and help uh, Churches and pastors, uh, that you would just open, open, uh, open people's hearts to one another uh, as they uh, follow you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for an influx of missionaries. Lord, for all of those who are waiting in the pipeline um, that have been held up uh, because of the border closures, we pray for a swift end uh, to those closures so that uh, these missionaries can get on the ground and get, uh, get into the culture uh, thank you that they've had this opportunity to really study language. Uh, but Lord, language and culture are so intertwined and, and one never really knows a language until you live with the people. And so Lord, as, as that border opens and as missionaries uh, commit to being there, uh, Lord, would you uh, just open those doors, uh, smooth those paths, um, and Lord, and encourage uh, these workers who have had to wait a lot longer than they anticipated. Uh, keep that fire burning uh, in their passion uh, for what you've called them to do uh, and the people you've called them to reach in Japan. And so, Lord, may your Holy Spirit just empower, uh, come alongside, be the encourager, the comforter, and the teacher that they need as they prepare for, for uh, the work that you have called them to in Japan. And Lord, we pray uh, to the Lord of the harvest that you would send many workers into this field, that, uh, that there would be a great harvest uh, for, for your kingdom in Japan, that we would see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Kenji. Thank you, Pastor Doug. Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully catch up with you sometime in the future. Okay. It's a great opportunity. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Bye.